It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. And we are live streaming this on our YouTube page. So do you, if you want to have a look at that, you can see Gavin Williamson in all his glory with Westminster behind him. Good morning to you, Education Secretary. Good morning. morning. Lovely to speak to you. Now, a £1 billion project to uh, start rebuilding our schools over 10 years. Uh, First 50 projects to start as early as this year. Can I ask, first of all, is this all new money? All completely new money. Billion pounds, over a billion pounds extra to start rebuilding uh, 50 schools. We'll be making a decision on which which schools those will be uh, in the autumn. And uh, there'll be shovels in the ground next year from September. Um, and it's a £1 billion. Pound. It sounds like a lot of money. Uh, most of us don't find that change down the back of the sofa very easily. But um, is it enough money, given the number of schools that massively need this work? Well, this is why we're going to be setting out as part of a spending review a, a 10-year plan. As you, can, as you can imagine, building schools is something that takes a long time to do. Uh, and in, in order to get the very best design, in order to be able to get the very best price, and actually making sure we get the very best schools for children. We're going to take a 10-year approach. This means it'll be a big boost for the construction industry and skills in construction. It'll give them confidence and surety, and it'll hopefully give a taxpayer a much better price in terms of how much we have to pay for each school that we're building. Well, indeed, an awful lot of schools and hospitals are still paying off the interest on the private finance initiatives, the PFIs, under the Blair-Brown governments when they did a massive refurbishment programme from the late 90s to 2000s onwards. Um, is this, how is this going to actually be funded? They're actually going to be given the money. It's not going to be loans. It, 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 we're not going to make the same mistakes that Labour made, where they were paying over the odds for schools, paying over the odds for private finance. This is going to be about building brilliant schools across communities right across England and really being transformative for local communities. We've been driving up teaching standards. Now we're going to be driving up the standards of a building that uh, children are going to benefit from. As an interesting statistic, 
the schools that we're building today, uh, we're building them at about uh, 30% less cost than they were uh, in the late noughties under the Labour programme, which just goes to show how much waste you had under Labour. Okay, but you say you talked about driving up teaching standards. We were just talking to uh, Chris McGovern, chair of the campaign for real education, saying, well, actually, there's no evidence that uh, having a glamorous new building makes any difference to teaching standards. So it's it's the style of teaching. It's having a highly qualified teacher standing at the front of the class, thirty children in the class, paying attention to the teacher. It's what it's 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 what's being what's happening inside the classroom, not what the classroom looks like. Looks like that matters. And, and, and he's absolutely right. The biggest thing that makes the biggest transformation to any child is the teacher stood in front of them, inspiring them, encouraging them to learn, making them want to come into school and sort of explore new ideas. That's the biggest transformation uh, that can happen in terms of any child. But, you know, buildings do matter. Uh, the quality and standard of buildings is important. And this benefits, you know, yes, it benefits children but it'll also benefit the much wider economy because this will lead to more skills in the construction sector, especially as we move towards modern methods of construction, which means that we're able to build schools cheaper uh, to a much higher standard and uh, more children benefit from that. OK, well, the key thing uh, for children benefiting from these schools is if they're actually in them. Um, and of course, there's a bid to get children back to school in September. I mean, there was a plan, wasn't there, to get all children back uh, even before in this summer term. That's clearly not happening. Uh, beginning of September is still looking a little bit questionable. How on earth do you think we are going to have every child, millions of children in primary and secondary school, back in the classroom in the first week of September? Well, Julia, what we've done already is at the end of last week, we saw uh, one one and a half million children returning to the classroom, having the benefits of an education, having the benefits of being with their teachers and being with their friends. We want to build on that. We want to make sure that every school is open, every child is in it and every lesson is being taught. That's what we're going to deliver uh, for September. Uh, Well, we've already sort of... um, being clear that there's going to be a plan that's going to be outlined later in the week. Uh, We're going to be looking at expanding the bubble sizes because, as you can understand, we've taken a very cautious and careful approach in terms of how we do this. Um, But we want to grow those bubbles up into full class sizes, but we'll be sharing more details at the end of the week. At the end of this week, is that going to be enough notice? Because one of the things that um, head teachers, unions, academy chain bosses have been saying in the recent months is that often they're just simply not getting the advice from the government soon enough and clearly enough and consistently enough for them to actually be able to reopen the schools. The rules change constantly. They're very complicated, massive long checklists. And actually, this haven't had the sort of information that they need to be able to reopen. So, so very confident. It's more than enough notice period. We're talking about September here. This will be plenty of time for schools to get ready to welcome back every child back into the classroom. OK. Um, you just talked a few moments ago about the benefit of children getting their education. The real, the real truth is it's a legal duty uh, for parents to uh, to provide, uh, make sure their children get uh, an education. You can be prosecuted if you take your kid out of class for one day to get prosecuted. And yet we have seen millions of children in this country, everyone's focusing on the two million, the most disadvantaged kids, not getting any schooling at all. But many millions more are getting nothing more than a worksheet on a Monday morning and told, even at perfectly good schools, supposedly good schools, that they're not even allowed to contact their, their child's teacher. Um, a head teacher in Sunderland was suspended last week, Pauline Wood, after she said that, yes, some teachers have done a brilliant job, but some teachers, in her words, had sat at home doing nothing. 
Should she have been suspended and are you planning to step in? Uh, I'll certainly look at the case, um, but we want to see every teacher delivering the first-class, brilliant education that they're also committed to doing. Are uh, they? Are, I, are they? Um, I mean, if I, we I, if we perpetrate I, that lie, are we doing children a favour? Not all teachers are doing a good job. Not all teachers are committed to children getting their education. We know that because millions of children aren't. Julia, what we want to see is every child back into school. That's what we're going to deliver September. Uh, you're seeing teachers right across the country, uh, so many of them doing a truly, truly amazing job. But not all but of where, them. But, but where we see that there are failures in terms of where we see schools not delivering that, that's incredibly disappointing and it won't be tolerated. Well, you say it won't be tolerated, but it has been tolerated for the last three months. What is the comeuppance going to be for a teacher who is on full pay, who is being who's being asked to provide a, a remote lessons? Those remote lessons being provided available by the government. There are online teaching resources everywhere. Even if there are ten children out of thirty in a class who don't have access to an iPad, there are twenty kids who do, and yet they're not providing online lessons. Many many state schools with many disadvantaged pupils are providing those lessons. Many others aren't. What is going to be the comeuppance for those schools and those teachers and those heads who have failed the children they claim to care about? Well, Julia, you're really tempting me to get into the statement of what we're actually going to be announcing later on in the week. And I'm going to sort of resist that temptation because we're going to be setting out a very clear plan what the expectations are going to be, not just in terms of return to schools, but the full curriculum expectations that every child should be receiving. Are, they, are teachers going to or head teachers going to lose their jobs if they've not delivered? In every, uh, other, Julia, in every other field, uh, people lose their jobs when they don't deliver? Uh, Julia, I... I said quite clearly we're going to be setting out our full plans for full return and also the curriculum expectations that we will be expecting every child to be receiving okay. going forward. Let me ask you also just about something outside your brief, and I'm sure you've been briefed on it, the issue of Leicester possibly becoming the first city in the, this country going into a local lockdown. The uh, mayor of Leicester, we spoke to a little bit earlier, Sir Peter Salisbury, and uh, uh, he said he'd been given the information, he got an email in the early hours of this morning, he'd been waiting weeks to get information about, and it's already out of date, it's already two weeks out of date, about uh, how many people have got coronavirus in his uh, in his city. Very little evidence about where these uh, infections are and the like. Is it really viable to put a whole city, well, continue lockdown lockdown for them but not for the rest of the country how would that work well we've always talked about the need to see establish local lockdowns um, to avoid having to have a national lockdown and this is a sensible policy it's something that has been done uh, in other countries uh, in the past and it's a good way of containing and stopping a spread of a virus and the government's been abundantly clear as part of a track and trace policy. If that is something that is needed, it's something that will be looked at. But in terms of Leicester, uh, we've already seen the establishment of four mobile testing units in Leicester. Uh, work and talk is going on between the government and the local authority in Leicester. That's what we expect and that's what's really required to make sure that we're nipping this virus in the bud uh, if, it does tend to, uh, if it does rear its head again. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. First up, let's talk to the Brexit Party leader, Nigel Farage, who joins us right now. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Well, today is once again another round of EU trade talks, which is why I wanted to talk to you today. Um, uh, These EU trade talks being led by the Prime Minister's Sherpa, David Frost, although by all accounts he's about to take up the National Security Advisor job in August. Does that mean the EU trade talks are all going to be done and dusted by August? And are you hopeful of that? Well, I mean, first thing to say is I think it's a really good move uh, to get rid of the Remainers in the civil service establishment and to put in somebody who's a Brexiteer. That's a huge step forward, uh, something that should have happened a long time ago. But I think it's rather important that he finishes off the Brexit talks first. I mean, Boris Johnson is talking about this being done and dusted in July. Uh, Michael Gove hinted perhaps it would take until October. I think what is absolutely vital um, is that we leave fully all the rules of the EU on the 31st of December this year. And whether that means a sensible grown-up trade deal, or whether it means we leave and trade on Australian rules or WCA rules, take your pick, uh, which phrase you prefer. Uh, One way or another, David Frost needs to finish the job. And I will say this, I mean, ever since, and it's four years ago, of course, that we had that vote. For four years, uh, we have had negotiators who were happy to bow down before Michel Barnier. I have to say, I've been massively impressed with David Frost so far. So let's finish the job. And maybe, just for the first time, we've now got the upper hand in these talks. Uh, well, you say upper hand, upper hand in these talks. We have to say, we'll have to wait and see. Certainly, uh, David Frost was tweeting at, uh, at the end of last week uh, that he thought the EU needed to drop some of their more uh, un, un, you know, unreasonable uh, positions. And we'll, we'll see if that does happen. But um, is it a reasonable position for you and Boris Johnson, Dominic Cummings and others to say that we should have a Brexiteer uh, in such a senior position as, say, uh, a cabinet secretary in this, in this country? Shouldn't oh, the yes. civil service be neutral and seen to be neutral? Neutral? Well, they should, they should be neutral, but of course they've not been neutral uh, ever since the 23rd of June 2016. Uh, you know, the civil service are the Remainer establishment. They managed to completely hijack Mrs May um, and take us down a place where it was a Remainer's Brexit. Um, and, and no, it's time for change. Brexit, Brexit needs to begin a complete revolution in politics in this country, and that includes 
the civil service. So, no, I think this is a very, very good step for the government. I really do. Um, let's talk about, you talk about this revolution in government. And you know, I mean, obviously, Dominic Cummings and you were actually big rivals in terms of the different leave campaigns. But um, I'm sure you probably agree with quite a lot of the things that he's wanted to do in terms of the shake-up of the civil service, the blobs that he, he's referred to, education blob and others. Um, the Prime Minister's announcing a billion pounds today for a 10-year school rebuilding programme. Tomorrow's going to be a major announcement about this, his whole levelling up agenda, uh, uniting North and South. You got an awful lot of votes, from, particularly for, for Brexit Party um, and, and also just support in the, in the EU referendum, from the sort of the forgotten working class voters in the North, the ones who moved over from the Labour Party and indeed from the Conservatives, who felt that they'd been forgotten over the years. Their views had been ignored and, and they just weren't, they weren't valued by, by the other major parties. Do you think that the, the agenda the government is following now is going to keep those voters? Or do you think that with the I want to say, the, the, the woke culture, the, the political correct culture that is creeping in now, that is dominating so much political coverage, the toppling of statues, Black Lives Matter, and the like, that actually those voters are going to be looking for a new home again very soon? Well, look, first things first, I mean, in the European elections, one of the things that we campaigned on wasn't just getting Brexit delivered. It was for proper infrastructure spending in this country and recognising that much of the North and the Midlands had fallen behind. So I'm all for, you know, these big infrastructure projects, but you've got to spend the money wisely. And I would say, what on earth are we doing spending over £100 billion on HS2, which I think suits rich businessmen going back and forth between Manchester and London. So I'm all for the projects, but they need to be the right ones. Now, you know, moving on, where the government's got a real problem is over this whole Black Lives Matters movement, uh, what they represent, who they are, as you quite rightly say, the toppling of statues, the demands that every single national hero that we've ever had in this country is traduced and removed from our history books. And that's where I'm afraid uh, that Boris Johnson and the government have gone along with this PC woke agenda. Uh, not one of them has dared stand up and say, look, when it comes to racial equality, we are totally and utterly committed to making sure this country is as fair as possible. But we will not bow down before the mob, and we certainly won't appease an organisation like Black Lives Matters, which is utterly Marxist in, attempt, in, in, in intent and anarchist in the way in which it behaves. And, and, and the disconnect, the disconnect between what is being said in Westminster, what is being said for the vast majority of mainstream media and where the British public are, I mean, it's as big a gulf as I have ever seen. And a lot of those voters that you're talking about, and they're voters who left the Labour Party, they voted UKIP or they voted Brexit Party before going to the Conservative Party. They want real leadership and they want plain speaking. And I think Boris needs to get out of this PC culture that he's rather found himself trapped in. Well, you mentioned Black Lives Matter, and of course, uh, that they, that they, a conversation that you had about Black Lives Matter may or may not, according to different accounts, have led to the, uh, your the cancel culture affecting you in a radio contract. Let me just read to you uh, a tweet sent out uh, yesterday by Black Lives Matter UK. As Israel moves forward with the annexation of the West Bank and mainstream British politics is gagged of the right to critique Zionism and Israel's settler colonial pursuits, we loudly and clearly stand beside our Palestinian comrades free Palestine. Um, what do you make of that tweet? Because an awful lot of people are saying that you know, to actually have a conversation about the right to critique Zionism, Zionism, of course, is the right of the Jewish people to uh, have their own state. 
rather than criticising the current policies of an elected Israeli government. Um, do you think that um, you've been critical, and you were just now, of Black Lives Matter, the organisation, as opposed yes. to the, yes. the, the slogan, Black Lives Matter, which, of course, yes. they do. Every right-thinking person would agree with that. Um, do you think that, that, that a lot of those people who've been endorsing the organisation Black Lives Matter may well be wanting to perhaps rethink their support in the light of some of the things that Black Lives Matter stand for and yes. that tweets like that? Yeah, look, we've had the we've we've had the prime minister, senior politicians. We've had most of our mainstream media and many of the big corporate companies, uh, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter. Premier League footballers putting Black Lives Matter on the back of their shirts, and much of this has been done in ignorance. Much of it's been done in fear. People just did not examine what was really behind it. And I think, uh, you know, classic of the hard left Marxists, their absolute hatred of Israel, of anything to do with Israel and support of Palestinian causes, even those Palestinian causes that are damn dangerous. And I think what's going to happen, Junior, is there is going to be something will happen, something will happen over the course of the next weeks and months. And and more than likely, uh, because of the complete anti-police agenda, don't forget, don't forget, Black Lives Matter UK are campaigning to abolish our police forces. They are engendering uh, distrust, dislike, even hatred of our police. And there will be an incident. Something will happen and the pendulum will swing rapidly the other way. And we will ask ourselves, why did we go along with this mania without ever examining what it really stood for? As I repeat, any campaign for full equality uh, is absolutely right. Everybody in this country should be treated the same, regardless of colour or religion or race. What Black Lives Matter actually are doing uh, is, is making divisions that may exist within society even deeper. So the sooner this madness comes to an end and the sooner we can start thinking about genuine free speech, the better. OK, well, I'm, not, I'm, not suggesting, I'm not suggesting there aren't limits to free speech. There are. But at the moment, anyone that dares challenge this or even tell the truth get slapped down. Okay, a lot of people will be agreeing with you and also a lot of people will be shouting at the radio right now, Nigel Farage, and saying, well, hold on a minute, you're talking about organisations or people that are divisive and trying to separate people. Um, Your big mate, the American President Donald Trump, tweeted out this video overnight. Now, that's uh, supporters of his who were shouting out white power, clearly audible. It's not that's not we've not boosted that signal at all. That is what the video said. He retweeted it. White House is saying, oh, well, he didn't realise people were saying white power. But do you still support an American president? Do you still call Donald Trump your friend when he can retweet that? That's after Charlottesville, uh, after uh, after all the you know the, his things he said in the past. Do you not think that he is a divisive character? He's made a mistake, hasn't he? I mean, uh, Donald Trump's a very instinctive person. He sees things, he hears things, he tweets about them. Uh, and you could say, well, maybe he should have researched it. Maybe he should listen to every word, and perhaps he should. He's made a mistake. Perhaps he should. He's retweeted people shouting white power. That's yes, not a perhaps. perhaps. He have, yes, he should have researched it. Look, as I say, he's an instinctive person. He sees things, he tweets them, he moves on. In this case, he has made a mistake. There's no question about that. Is he racist? No, he's not. And actually, I have to say, I have to say, in those first three years of the Trump presidency, in economic terms, uh, the black community in the USA made much greater advances than they had under eight years of Obama. And that's worth remembering. 
Okay, but a lot of people will say your support for a man who has uh, it's not just one retweet, which may or may not have been an accident. Again, it's those three those that white parish shouted three times, and it shouted at the very beginning of the video. If, you know, it, it defies belief that he didn't know that's what it said. Is uh, what he said after uh, Charlottesville the retweeting of Britain first tweets a little while ago, so a few a few years ago. Is there's a pattern of behaviour, isn't there though? No, no, no. Look, this guy tweets out stuff constantly, and of course you can pick out examples of things he should not have done. Uh, but, you know, there are two types of people in life. There are those that do nothing and never make a mistake. And there are those that do a hell of a lot and make quite a few mistakes. And he is in the latter category. Of course, he makes mistakes. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but when it comes to this re-election um, in America, and it's going to be a hell of a campaign, uh, you know, you've got Trump with his imperfections, yes, against a Democrat who is going to be very much controlled by the hard left agenda. And I think whoever wins this US election, whether you like Donald Trump or not, I think it's in Britain's best interest that he's re-elected. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Let's talk about cancel culture because we've seen, uh, it turns out, J.K. Rowling, uh, the author, of course, of the Harry Potter books, sold her half a billion uh, books around the world, is about the only person who's rich enough and powerful enough and popular enough that she can't be cancelled. Pretty much anyone else can. Uh, a, a, a presenter on Manx Radio being suspended uh, over uh, asking some simple questions about Black Lives Matter. Uh, we've seen uh, uh, those in uh, many different uh, jobs around the, the country losing uh, their their pay, losing their, their jobs as a result of what they've had to say on issues like trans issues. A charity boss uh, we're going to be speaking to a little bit later in the show, Nick Buckley, MBE, got an MBE in the last year. Uh, he's an award-winning boss of a Man- of Mancunian Way, a charity that helps vulnerable young people of all races, backgrounds and creeds, who has uh, basically lost his job, forced out of the, company, the charity he started because of some of his perfectly reasonable criticisms of the Black Lives Matter movement, not, of course, the actual slogan, which, of course, any right-thinking person would agree with. So what's going on with cancel culture? Well, let's talk to someone who's, uh, well, been a victim of it himself, actor, musician and all-round legend, Lawrence Fox. Uh, this interview, by the way, live-streamed on our Twitter page, uh, Talk Radio, and uh, on YouTube as well. Good morning to you, Lawrence. Morning, Julia. How are you doing? Very well indeed. Lovely to speak to you. Um, the cancel culture, I mean, you were one of the first, really. You went on Question Time and answered questions uh, from the audience and got an awful lot of support, by the way, from the audience, an awful lot of support from people in the street and around the country for saying some just pretty sensible things. And, but what you said wasn't perhaps sufficiently woke and politically correct enough. And uh, you've basically lost pretty much all your acting work as a result, haven't you? Well, I hope not. Um, I mean, the the acting business is a bit uh, messed up at the moment due to the COVID situation. So we'll see. But certainly, yeah, there's been a uh, there's been a quite concerted drive to uh, make me be quiet, I think. Yeah. Has it worked? No. Why not? Because um, you can't just shut everybody up. Um, You know, there's there's an emotional and intellectual fragility to people who won't um, how they tolerate dissenting voices. And it's very convenient just to fragile someone you don't agree with, but actually we need to talk and, and debate. And um, otherwise the cancel culture creates a even more sort of myopic monoculture. And who wants that? It's, you know, culture should be exciting and, and fun. 
Well, indeed, absolutely should be. I mean, you got in trouble. We talked about it very soon after you were on Question Time, where you you were accused of, uh, well, you actually talked about, uh, you know, there the, was the racist coverage of Meghan Markle at the time, and uh, and and you told an audience member that she herself was racist for saying basically he he couldn't he couldn't you know you couldn't see it because you were white. Um, we are seeing incredible divisions in society right now. Um, uh, but partly this is this has been coming back for quite some time from woke sort of diversity obsession, um, diversity culture, but also the woke culture and the black. Lives Matter movement. We discussed this a little bit earlier with Nigel Farage. Um, And it does appear at the moment that anyone who criticises either the slogan or the organisation faces losing their job and certainly accusations of racism. So it is almost impossible for anyone to say... I'm not sure that this organisation in particular, which is a you know a quasi-Marxist organisation wanting to defund the police, end capitalism, end the nuclear family. It, this isn't what people are saying about it. This is what is on their own manifesto. It's online. It's there for anyone to believe, to read. Um, but people criticising that instantly get targeted themselves and people are losing their jobs as a result. We're going to be talking to Nick Buckley, uh, say a former award-winning boss of a charity, actually doing stuff to actually help disadvantaged children, uh, many of whom will be black and Asian, um, but basically being ousted from a charity because he has questioned the motives and the aims of the organisation Black Lives Matter. Um, How dangerous do you think this is? Well, it's very dangerous, isn't it? I mean, we had, um, I was asking on Twitter yesterday whether, you know, the vocal supporters of uh, BLM as an organisation endorsed the the anti-Semitic message that they said yesterday and you had people like Gary Lineker going for the Hitler was a talented Austrian watercolorist approach to um, Black Lives Matter and separating it all out and and sadly without discussing it um, that a movement has been hijacked and dragged through this neo-Marxist anti-Semitic cult has been dragged through on the back of a very very noble and important cause which is um, the racial inequality discussion that can only really happen in free and civilised democracies, of which we are very lucky to be part of one. So it's just very tragic, I find, for um, for, for race relations in general, which are, really do need to be looked at in a very constructive and positive way. Well, indeed, you say, you know, it's it's, it's a tragedy, but, you know, it, 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 the reality is, though, this is costing real people their lives. We've seen people who've lost their jobs for uh, talking about trans issues, again, not expressing any hatred or abuse of, of trans people, which no one would endorse, uh, but simply questioning, you know, whether a man can become a woman, questions which uh, an awful lot of people in this country would happily know the answer to. Um, um, we, people questioning any aspect of, of, of woke culture, as it's called, um, are, are facing losing their livelihoods. It's not just that, well, people people living with the consequences of freedom of speech. Constantly I'm told on Twitter, you can say what you want, it's a free country, but you have to live with the consequences. But if the consequence of speaking freely, but in a non-hateful way, not in breach of the law, not inciting hatred or violence against people, is that you lose your livelihood, can't pay for you know your, your rent or your mortgage, is that a reasonable consequence for free speech? No, I don't think it is. I think the answer, the, the consequences that people discuss should be debate. The consequences of differing opinions should be debate, words, discussion. Um, and because there's, I, I think the, the woke religion lacks uh, a lot of rationality, that their their approach is to try and destroy lives. But there are there are places, you know, I, I started a Patreon and I now, I'm becoming uncancellable, which is rather lovely. <laughs> getting getting your money from the people. I mean, what about just finding the, the different rules that that seem to exist? You were perceived to be on the right. 
And therefore, once you've said something that is considered to be unacceptable by by the left, that's it. You're cancelled. You're over. Your career is over. You you can't work again um, because because somehow we're all going to be infected with your views if we see you act in a a TV show. On the the left, though, it doesn't seem to be the same thing. Maxine Peake, um, actually um, the actress, you know, primetime drama on a Sunday evening viewing. She she did an interview with The Independent last week, which was then retweeted by Rebecca Long-Bailey, the then shadow education secretary, who lost her job because she retweeted endorsement of this interview and Maxine P, in which Maxine had basically re, just sort of, you know, just espoused a, a long-standing anti-Semitic conspiracy theory about the Israeli police effectively being to blame for the murder, the brutal murder of, uh, of George Floyd in Minnesota. Um, now... I don't see any backlash against Maxine Peake. Not, I'm not saying there should be, but she was allowed to basically just apologise and then everything moves on. She hasn't become a figure of hate. She's not been cancelled. I'm sure she won't lose acting work as a result. Why do you think there are different rules for different sides of the debate? Um, I think this uh, very leftist agenda is, uh, has been marching through our institutions for decades. And I think, you know, you just have to take one look at the equity council elections to see what battle they have with uh, this leftist agenda and this Marxism. And, you know, she's got the right opinions um, for the right profession. But, um, yeah, that's how it is, sadly. Do you think it's going to stay that way? Do you think do you think that the British public are going to put up with this? The the the, I would say largely really, you know, right minded, good people of this country who aren't racist, who aren't sexist, who certainly aren't transphobic or homophobic. All of the all of the social attitude surveys have shown this again and again and again, that this is a country actually it's very, for want of a better word, it's not what I particularly like, but tolerant and and welcoming of people who are different to them, if if at all. Um, and, and, And do you think they're going to put up with people wagging their fingers and telling them how awful and racist and sexist and homophobic and transphobic they are do they're going to keep on putting up with that they, they don't seem to have been putting it up as the ballot box uh, seems to show us do they but the british generally are very quiet and reserved and decent people and um you know I'm, i wouldn't call myself right-wing actually i'd call myself a liberal mm. but um you know most people are just focusing on getting on with their lives and this very noisy vocal um, minority that scream racist at anyone who disagrees with them. I think we tolerate them, like we tolerate everything else. We just sit there and go, okay, well, if you want to scream and call everyone a racist, then go for it. But I think in the long run, it, it doesn't work, does it? It's a very divisive tactic, and people don't want to be divided. They want to be united. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.